Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Latter-day Takes. This is Brian Harper. Uh, on this week's episode, we talk about thoughts and prayers. Uh, one of the world is the new hymn book coming. Harper is actually on a Desnap block list. We do our general conference uh, conference tournament, and also we give the over-unders on temple announcements, international or domestic, uh, and even Harper mixes in his Packer impression. We talk about general conference traditions, and of course, we end on our spiritual thoughts. Harper with the anger and scriptures, and myself doing James E. Faust magnifying glasses. Hope you enjoy. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the yes. best cult. Have you ever, under the influence of alcohol, questioned the teachings of the Mormon church? Well, these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. <laughs> Everybody's so nice in Utah. They're all Mormon, right? Yeah. So they're not most drinking. The, and they're like not cussing. They're like, Slovis, you stink. <laughs> I'm afraid it was the Mormons. Yes, yes the, the Mormons, Mormons were the correct answer. Because God loves Mormons and he wants some more. Shout out to the Latter-day Saints. All right, everybody, welcome back to Latter-day Takes. We're happy to be back with you here, Harper Anderson and Brian Harper. Brian Harper. That's right. Sure. Um, real, before we get kind of going with the normal routine, Brian, I wanted to take a second. For one, I, I, I don't – it's it's always kind of hard to say, like, what is under our purview. And, and maybe even putting it that way is a little pretentious. But just kind of like what we should and should not talk about is always kind of an interesting – thing in in terms of running any podcast you know ours is latter-day takes and so it's like obviously tied to the church and it's kind of branded under that umbrella so anything kind of church related anything byu whatever related spiritual kind of want to talk about obviously we feel like it falls under our uh our subject matter but then there's other topics that sometimes i feel like maybe we should kind of mention bring up and so i do want to take a second and not very long right at the intro here to kind of address the shooting in Nashville, not directly as the shooting. I'm not going to get into all the topics about like gun control and things like that. Because there's one topic within this that pops up quite a bit whenever we go through a national tragedy like this. And that's the idea of thoughts and prayers. And I'm sure you've seen this around. And I remember specifically, it was while I lived in Texas. I can't remember which shooting it was, which is a sad commentary on how many shootings there have been in the last five to seven years, but people really get disturbed by thoughts and prayers. When you, when you put that out there and say like our thoughts and prayers are with the victims and their families and all this stuff. And 
people are like, well, we, you know, well, like you can it with your, your thoughts and prayers. It's not, it's obviously not doing anything. And I personally, I, I don't know if I want to say I take offense to that. I certainly take exception to it. I'm not, I'm not offended by their mentality, but it is a little bit like jarring to think that they really think they're accomplishing something by saying you save your thoughts and prayers. And, right. and I'll get your initial thoughts here really quickly before I go a little bit further into this. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I think it's just more we understand the comfort and the power that our Heavenly Father um, bestows upon us in times of need. And when, uh, when we need blessings upon ourselves of comfort, you know, we ask for those. And there's nothing wrong, in my opinion, of keeping those people in our prayers and, you know, asking Heavenly Father to be with them and comfort them and, you know, guide them through this tragedy. Um, and, you know, the people that oppose that, that's, again, it's on them and it's a you a you problem for them in my opinion i i it, and it's it i hate the way that kind of sounded but it is what it is you know i i we we kind of just have to you know i don't even know if we if it needs to be said that you know thoughts and prayers for social media things like that you know it's more you know hey let's just let's just do it type thing so that's just kind of my opinion on it. Yeah, and and I want to clarify, like I'm not one of those that like puts that out on social media because that right. does kind of fall in line with the hashtag activism, which is something that I've been talking about since my master's program with some good friends of mine. Where it's like people think they're actually doing work by just putting a hashtag out there. I don't I don't agree with that, and I don't think necessarily putting that out on social media is is accomplishing much either. However, I I, I do think we do we do need more. The, the, the subject of prayers out there, specifically prayer. Yeah, 100%. Um, and so I don't ever have a problem with anybody putting it out there in any context. There's no problem. I just hope the people that actually say on social media that they're sending thoughts and prayers, that they're actually sending thoughts and prayers, that they're not just saying it. Because I, we need more of that, not less. And I, I find it very interesting that at the crux of all this is that the people that really have a problem with the idea of people sending prayers out to the victims and their families and whoever else. Um, it's almost like they, they have a skewed perception of what prayer is supposed to accomplish. And that's at the heart of all this. And that's kind of what I wanted to address more than anything really quickly was that what are their expectations when it comes to praying? Because they're saying your prayers aren't doing anything. And it's like, what do you mean by not doing anything? And obviously their idea behind that is, if your prayers worked, we wouldn't have tragedies like this. And it's like, well, that's never actually been what this life has been about. That's never what never. coming to this earth has been about. And so right. what do prayers accomplish? And that's the real question. And I think it's a vast misunderstanding on their part, people that don't appreciate prayers, of what prayers are meant to accomplish. And that's where it's really internal. Prayers, for one, are very personal. You know, I pray for myself more than anything. But I yeah. do pray for others as well because I believe in the power of prayer. Now, prayer is mainly meant to kind of help deliver comfort for others, I think. Send the spirit, send the comforter to other yeah. people. 
And and that one thing that I find fascinating here is that we're not a lot of people that pray aren't just praying for the victims and their families. They're actually praying for the perpetrator and their families. That that is more common than you might think. I'm not saying that's the majority of people that are praying. I don't know that what that might be like, but we do actually pray for everybody involved because how tragic is it that this person who committed this act, who is now dead, their families, what's the aftermath look like for them? That's yeah. that's honestly tragic, and I do send my prayers yeah. their way as well. And, and, and yeah. of course, to the victims and their families because I can't imagine what that would be like. But I want to pray for everybody involved because it's such a tragedy and who, like, who needs God more than anyone is everybody involved. Yeah. And it's not up to me to determine who should have a piece of that and who shouldn't. But what I can do is myself send those thoughts their way. And the, one, the, the, the scripture that comes to mind immediately is 2 Nephi 32.8, which is, I mean, most people probably know this scripture, maybe not like which verse it is and everything like that, but they definitely heard it. And it's, for if you would hearken under the spirit, this is kind of the second half, for if you would hearken under the spirit which teacheth a man to pray, you would know that ye must pray. For the evil spirit teacheth not a man to pray, but teacheth him that he must not pray. And I just, I wanted to address that because I, especially from people that claim to be religious that then say your, your prayers are doing nothing. It's, it's really sad to hear that because prayer does so much for me. It at least at the very, very least establishes a connection between me and my father in heaven. And I am so grateful for that. I, I'm not saying that my prayers are going to enact change. That's not exactly the goal. It's not possible with people and their agency. You cannot pray to affect other people's agency. In fact, God honors people's agency more than anyone anyway. That's what, that's part of what makes him God. So I just wanted to put it out there that I think we do need more of that. Obviously not less. And, and, it, and it's yeah. really sad to think that that's the state that we're coming into more and more is that people are saying, shove it with your prayers and your thoughts. I don't want any of that. And it's like, man, these people are so detached from, from what prayer really is meant to, to, meant to help, meant to change. And I, I guess I don't really have much more to say than that. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, that, that's exactly kind of what I was getting at. It's like, it's more personal, right? And if people are denying that, it's it's a reflection on them, right? And it's a reflection on the, you know, Satan having a grasp of that, right? And Satan putting that into the world, right? And being like, no, you don't need to pray, right? Because he doesn't want us to pray. He doesn't want us to be talking to our Heavenly Father, right? He wants us to go about it alone because he's alone and he's miserable, right? And that's what he wants for all for all men. So, yeah. I'll tell you this, if you actually prayed regularly, there would never be any occasion in the entire world or in any moment in time where you would not encourage people to pray more. The people That's... that are saying don't pray, like it's doing nothing, are the people that have zero clue what prayer is really about. I'm convinced, but anyway. Well, 140 days, uh, Wednesday, March 29th which is today, 140 days of praying every single day. My man. Among other things. But yeah, among other 140, things. 140 days of praying. Dude, yeah. What a stud. That's so, awesome, man. And I've, and I've, seen, I've seen the difference, right? 
getting down on my knees every single night, right? And praying and, and thanking the Lord, asking for blessings, you know, things like that, right? But that constant communication, right? And then not hesitating throughout the day to also say a prayer if I ever need it, right? And I think that goes into the next subject that I'd like to talk about is this little girl at Vito's. Um, Vito's taco shop is a place here in Vegas. Used to be a, um, taco truck and now they have a brick and mortar places. That's, that's where we went, right? Yes. So yes. good. You're not wrong. So yeah. good. They got that dipping thing, man. It's incredible. Yeah. Bur- They're burrito tacos. Okay. Slow roasted, uh, beef, onions, cheese, and cilantro. Dip the tortillas in the, in the actual, um, saw or the, Roux, I would call it, right? Like a gravy almost with the from the slow roasting of the beef. I'm making everybody's mouth water right now, I hope. <laughs> I'm, really, making my own no mouth. I'm not a big beef guy when it comes to like, oh, let's go get some beef tacos. I like kind of like the al pastor. I like the other, like chicken and other like kind of mm-hmm. creative type of meats. The, the beef the gringo, place the gringo meats. Is, yeah, exactly. The beef at this place is so freaking good, dude. You are not yeah. wrong. It is. Yeah. It's probably the best beef taco I've ever had in my life. And so by the good. way, when we were there, funny side note, when we were waiting outside for our order, because it was oh, so full, right. there's this there's this young woman outside on the phone, and she was like talking like about this lesson plan. And it turns out that she was like talking about come follow me and everything. And it was funny. We were yeah. just like, oh. And then I think you made a comment to her about like, yeah, like, if Wait you need it. help, let me know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was good. Oh, my Funny gosh. Yeah, I remember in that. Vegas. I mean, we're not talking Utah yeah. here. Like, this yeah. was in Vegas. Yeah. Um, but so I, I went there the other night, um, and I sit down, and I just ate there. I, I enjoy going to restaurants and eating by myself on occasion, and it's just somewhat relaxing. And I think I started this in back in college to get away from my roommates and teammates and things like that. I just needed to get away and just kind of reset on my own. So I, I still continue to do it. I, I really do enjoy it. It's, you know, me time type stuff. Um, and I'm sitting there and this mom and her daughter walked in and one of her mom's, uh, friends, that's how I kind of got it from it. I was sitting right next to the register area and, they were talking, you know, like, I haven't seen you forever. You know, it's so good to see you. And the other one's calling her, you know, um, aunt, aunt something. But you could tell they were friends. They weren't related. So, it was, you know, it just a whole friend, aunt, uncle situation, which I have and I'm sure a lot of people have. Um, so they're sitting there and they order their food. They go sit down in the booth right um, in front of me. I'm facing the door and I'm, you know, I can see everything that's kind of going on the rest of the restaurant and, and um, the friend's sitting there and she immediately sits down. She gets on her phone and the little girl is trying to show her something and she go and she keeps calling her name, keep calling her name. And this lady is just in her phone, not even giving this little girl, she's four years old and just doesn't even give her the time of day. Little girl walks over to her mom who's getting the drinks and shows her this little like dance move that she wanted to show her friend. So that kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. I'm just like, really like you haven't seen your friend and her daughter in how long, and you're just not even going to give her the time of day type thing. And it just breaks my heart. Cause I have, I have nephews and nieces and I, you know, I get, I 
do that on occasion sometimes and I, I immediately feel bad and I'm like, I'm sorry. Like I was, I was doing something real quick. I was like, just give me one sec and you know, and I'll, I'll take the time to, you know, listen to what they had to say or, you know, watch what they're trying to show me, you know? So they go get their drinks, the mom and, and the daughter and mom comes and sits down on the other side of the booth of her friend and the little girl sit next, sits next to the friend. And she's so excited. She's like, I got a Pepsi. I got a Pepsi. The little girls, you know, I got my Pepsi. She's so happy. Right. And the mom gets her food and she's sitting kind of center booth with the two in, in front of them. And the little girl, or they get their food and the little girl slides over to the mom's side to go get her food. She takes her drink with her and she spills it. And the mom, it, it becomes very cold. And this is what just absolutely just broke my heart is the mom immediately turns to her friend and goes, that's why I can't take her anywhere. Oh, gosh. And doesn't say anything to her. Be like, hey, you have to be careful. Like I told you, like just leave it on the table, right? Doesn't go to clean anything up just immediately puts her back in her seat, goes, grabs the cup and throws it away. And then goes the, I'm guessing the, the cash register and workers saw it and they were coming out to clean it, to help clean it up. Um, but the mom slides in all the way into the booth now at this point. So now she's sitting directly in front of her friend and the little girl is now sitting on the other side of the table. So I have a clear view of the little girl. I'm like literally sitting right in front of her at this point. And this little girl is so sad. And it breaks my heart because I could see it and I, and I wanted to so badly go up to her and just be like, it's okay. Accidents happen. Right. But I didn't want to step into, you know, her parenting her, you know, her family situation that was going on. And the only thing I could do that I could think of was smile at her, right? And hopefully make her feel better. And as soon as we made eye contact, I gave her a little smile and she immediately breaks down into tears. And I'm just like, I mean, I just wanted to run, I'm telling you, I wanted to run over it and just give her a big hug. Mm -hmm. Right. And I couldn't. And I literally left there looking at her while the workers are cleaning up the spill. I was done eating at that point. Get up, go out and immediately got in my car. And for the next, I don't know, two, three minutes driving home, I just said a prayer the entire time. And that's all I could do. Right. Thoughts and prayers for her, right? Like, she's been in my thoughts, praying about her. Like, let her have comfort, right? No matter what brings about in her life, like, let her find let her find the love that our Heavenly Father gives us, right? And things like that. So, thoughts and prayers, I believe, do work because of that situation. And it's crazy that we kind of coincided it with are two complete different subjects. We really don't talk about what we're going to talk no, about. Yeah. Me and you, we kind of just put it on our, our Outline. Google doc and, yeah. and, and go from there. And, uh, you know, so yeah, 
thoughts and prayers for for that little girl that you know i just it i it it frustrates me because i don't i don't have a you know wife i don't have kids right and i see people that have kids and it's just you see things like that and i told i told my brother-in-law and and clay about this when we went down to march madness the other night and they're like I've had those moments. I go, I get that. But I've also seen you guys have those moments, but you guys also have the, hey, you have to be careful, right? You guys don't just completely shun the shun your kids and just completely just shut off to them. I go, that was the biggest thing. I said, there's a difference. I said, you have those moments where, yeah, it's like, what are you doing? I told you, right? Like, yeah, you get frustrated. I get it. I, say, I do the same thing with them, right? With my nephews and nieces. Like, I told you to be careful, right? But it's like, things happen, right? I'm not going to be so mad. It's a spill, right? Okay, yeah, we'll we'll get you a new one. It's okay. But it was just the fact that it was just so cold, and the first comment was, that's why I can't take her anywhere. I'm like... How old was the girl again? She's maybe four years old. She's... Four or five. Perspective goes a long way, and I, I'm, yeah. we all lose perspective in, in certain moments. And like the two guys you were with, Clay and uh, Jordan, your brother-in-law, were, you know, they they even said they're like, "Oh, I've been there before," but they weren't excusing themselves for it. But at the same time, like, yeah, there is a lot of that. It's like, what, like, we we, it, how do we gain the perspective that we need in those moments? And it's tough. Like, I don't, I don't know yeah. how you can necessarily. We're creatures. We're creatures of the moment, right? Like, we're yeah, we're we're gonna be subject to that. But at the same time, and, and we don't know what happened after, like once they got home, right? Like maybe she was like, Hey, you know, I, I'm sorry for, you know, you just have to be careful. Right. Like we don't know, but at the same time, like I just, I still, it just still just ripped my heart out because this little girl's sitting there crying because she spilled her drink. Right. And she was so excited about her Pepsi that she got and she's so happy and she's hanging out with her, you know, her mom and her, her you know, her mom's best friend who she was calling aunt or, you know, whatever it was. Right. Like I just, well, sucks. A lot of times we can think about that now, you know, moving forward that, that can kind of help if we prepare for those moments. And I mean, like, look at us, like two, two single guys that obviously don't have any kids. Um, we can think like in that moment when you feel like, you feel like your time is precious. You feel like these moments, you want everything to go as, as well as possible. And then one of your kids does something to create a like a mini catastrophe in the moment. And it's like in that moment, we need to tell ourselves right now in that moment, when that moment comes, we need to try and remember just having kids is a miracle. Right. And just having kids in that situation is like, Hey, you know what? Like, that's why the term, that's why the saying, there's no, no point, no, no use in crying over spilt milk. Yeah. That's why that exists because yeah. it's true. But yeah. man, what, what's no the, we got some heavy topics. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> let's yeah. lighten it up, bro. Yeah, let's lighten it up a little bit. Well, I, I'm happy to do that. I'm sitting in church on Sunday, last Sunday. Oh, by the way, update. Still don't love my ward, but working on it, working on it. Hey. You're working on it. That's all that matters, man. You're making oh, it better, man. That's, that's right. All that Trying matters. to make it better. You're getting there early, right? You still doing that? I haven't been doing that for a bit. I need to probably go back to doing all that. Right. It does get help. Back doing it, man. I'm telling um, you, it does help. Get to I'm, know more people. One thing I noticed about my ward is because we're, we're so late. We, we start at freaking 1.30. Sacramento gets out at 2.30. 
One thing I've noticed that the I will say the bishop Sacrament is, gets out at two thirty. Yeah, Somebody's dude. not going to second hour. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I, every now and then I do, <laughs> but anyway, one thing I noticed that my bishop brick is on point about because they know that like a lot of times it goes over, especially with a big ward. You have a long sacrament. You have a long. By the way, dude. I probably shouldn't talk about this too much because you never know how this can get traced back. There was a dude that got up and bore his testimony for like 12 minutes. And it really? was wild stories that I'm like, I can't believe this is happening right now. That's all I want to say about that. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> um, so that's like again, a, That's no, like a good thing, bad thing, right? It's a catch-22. Like, yeah, uh, you're taking up 12 was, minutes. Perfect. No, this, but saying, listen, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay, right? 12 okay. minutes. Hey, you're taking up time. Like, okay, yeah, we're not going to have lulls of, of silence. Right. Sure. But also but it, it could get pretty ridiculous. Uh, but in in this case, a, a, a silent lull might have been the worst <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> oh, my God. I've already so said good. too much. No, yeah. I didn't say too much. <laughs> We, one thing I noticed that our bishopric does at the end of the very last hymn and sacrament meeting, which I actually think is pretty smart. They clearly have thought about this, and I've taken note of this. We've done a lot of short hymns to end out sacrament meeting. So there's been a lot of like those one-verse hymns, hymns I've never heard of. Um, but that cued me as well, which I, I give them credit for that because it's like, hey, we want to wrap this up quickly so we don't want like the Spirit of God to be our closing hymn, right? Probably a good right. call. Okay, yeah, fair. Yeah. So. They do a lot of the shorter hymns, ones that I've never heard of. But then it got me thinking, when in the world is the new hymn book going to come out? We've had that announcement for like five years now and nothing. We haven't heard any updates there. People submitted like what they want to see in the new hymn book, but there's been nothing. When is it coming out? And this is pretty rhetorical because I don't expect Brian Harper in Las Vegas to know the answer to this. <laughs> but when is it, man? I'm like kind of I'm starting to get I'm starting to get antsy, a little bit upset here. This is uh, news to me. I didn't know there was a new hymn book. <laughs> there you go. There's a new hymn book, dude. It's like people are talking Allegedly. Like, oh, can't wait. Yeah, true. At this point, it's alleged. Can't wait to get Come Thou Fount back in the hymn book. Or not back, but in the hymn book for once, once and for all, which I couldn't agree more. I do love that hymn. But anyway, just wanted to, sh just wanted to put that out there. In the atmosphere, we need. Let's get that new hymn book going now. If they happen to make an announcement in general conference, that'd be sweet. How about that for timing? Listeners. Others, other topic to lighten lighten the mood a little bit is that I discovered this week that I am on a Desnat block list on Twitter. It's official. I always had my suspicions because there would always be like these random people that would pop up that all of a sudden like it showed I was blocked by them. I was like, I've never heard of this person or seen any of their stuff before in my life. How is this happening? I was like, and I, and I don't even think I say anything particularly controversial on Twitter, but here's the thing. So I look at the list. I'm on it and kind of proud too because who is like two people away from me on this block list? Jordan B. Peterson, not your brother-in-law, the doctor <laughs> in Canada, Canadian modern-day philosopher. Jordan, Jordan Peterson's on it. Ben Shapiro's on it. Like just a bunch of people like that. And I'm like, what great company am I in to be in these people's block list? Like, and, and here's what it is. So give a little background here. Mm -hmm. Desnat is short for Deseret Nation. Now, they have kind of a precarious image, so to speak. That's probably yeah. putting it lightly. On Twitter, Desnat 
became a hashtag in response, from what I can tell, in response to the hashtag Twitter stake. If you went on Twitter in the last five to eight years, there'd be a lot of this Twitter stake hashtag going on. And it was kind of this idea that like, oh, we're all members of the church and we talk about the church and it's hashtag Twitter stake. Here's the problem is that Twitter stake became very progressive and it became very kind of like uh, condescending towards the gospel, towards the church. And a lot of Mm -hmm. the progressive members of the church kind of overtook it and made it their own. And it became kind of this nasty area if you weren't progressive like they didn't like you if you were like a traditional member of the church they, you would kind of get conservative for it. a conservative, yeah, conservative yeah. member yeah you would get antagonized for using that hashtag so some other guys that like started seeing this um thought well what can what is there is there a hashtag that we can use where we can like kind of bring it back and like re- revive this nice camaraderie where we can all come together on a platform and that happened to be Desnat, which is Deseret Nation. They view themselves as kind of like the original protectors and curators of the gospel on mm-hmm. social media, which that whole philosophy, I don't know if you need that personally. Like, who really cares? Like, you're you're also signing up for it on your own to be this person. It's like you're not called to do it, so maybe maybe calm yeah. down a little bit. If for those that get o- overzealous about it. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's certainly not. I'm I'm these people view me as Desnat these days and I don't I don't really care. But it has an interesting reputation. It's, I think it's all misinterpreted. I think the Desnat, I think any parts of the bad reputation are p- primarily relegated to people that are purposefully trying to make it look bad. Mm-hmm. I think you get a lot of people using that hashtag that will actually say things that are super racist or just racist in general, uh, homophobic, all sorts of slurs, anti-women, things like that. There were a lot of people who do that, and I think they're trying – because I think they're actually trying to hijack that hashtag and make it look a lot worse than it really is. Because the people that use it in kind of their everyday lexicon are not at all like that. I've seen that yeah. firsthand. And so I've started to fraternize with a lot of those people that are certainly not racist, certainly not homophobic, nothing of the sort. But they like the traditional values of the church and the gospel, and they're fairly zealous about it. And that's something that I can identify with a lot of times. Anyway, so I got put on this list somehow, and now <laughs> if you wanna if you wanna have the Desnat block list or whatever, that's me. I'm on it, and here we are. <laughs> and I was kind of honestly, so I, I had kind of proud to be on so it. So I had, there you go. Uh, I had no I had no idea what this hole was. I'm guessing it was just a Utah thing. It sounds like pretty it much. Was, but... I think yeah. <laughs> The Utah yeah. Twitterverse that it is. Um, What's funny though is that a lot of like the OG Desnat guys, so to speak, don't even live in Utah. Okay, so there's that. Well, news to me. <laughs> but yeah, I I went on and and looked up, see exactly what it was, and I found it interesting because I I took that screenshot and sent that last night to you. <laughs> it's yeah. like thirteen. I and I thought it was. I'd been on you the list for on it, years. yeah, for thirteen yeah. years, which was absolutely hilarious because I'm like, yeah, oh, you just hilarious. came on permission and just got just got active on <laughs> on on Twitterverse, huh? Jeez, dude. <laughs> no, it was. I think it was just so, my Twitter handle's been a thing for thirteen years. I think that's yeah, all it is. Yeah. So I just wanted to make sure that the Latter Day Takes wasn't on there. So and we're good. We're good for now. 
But once they find that, <laughs> they're going to find out you're associated with it. And then I'm going to be on it. Oh, no. Well, I, they only do Twitter. And, like, I think we technically have a Twitter handle, but I never use the Latter-day Takes Twitter handle. So I think we have it in case we want it. But so there's that. Yeah. So, but no, that, that was, it was pretty funny. So. Well, freak, man, let's, uh, let's shift gears here. Um, we're going to have to, we're going to have to take a little break to come back for gospel talk at some point, but let's talk, let's do a little, before we get into gospel talk, let's, let's do a little general conference, uh, preview. Preview. So excited. They should release the speakers like a week beforehand. Wouldn't that be kind of fun? hundred percent. Yes, because then we can do we can we can lay bets down. Exactly, because then we can actually make seating and have a tournament and be like, "Who's talk wins?" You know. Oh, so good. Well, I mean, it's okay. So you're going to hear from every every apostle, right? You're going to hear from yeah, the twelve. That's generally you're hear the, from case. the unless unless yeah. one of them's in like bad health or something, but you don't really ever know that until they just right. don't speak. Yeah, and now it's the. It's the seventy that's always a crapshoot, and then like the which Sunday you'll have a handful of the presidency does. of the seventy. You'll always have like two or yeah. three at least from the presidency of the seventy, and then you'll always have at least one representative from each of the auxiliaries. So you'll have young women's presidency, right. somebody speaking from young women, primary, somebody speaking from belief yeah. society, primary young yeah. men's uh, bishop, like the the general. What's it called? The, the presiding the bishop, Rick. Presiding know, bishop. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. 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 So, so, but no, it would be, it would be very cool to see kind of like a lineup, right? Like, give me, give me the, you know, give me the festival concert festival lineup. I want to know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? So, but, um, I don't, yeah, I'm, have, I'm excited. I, I love, good. Well, I was just going to say like, I, you were probably going to say, I love conference or general conference, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't get enough of it. I, it seriously is like two, like these two weekends are probably top five weekends of the entire year for me. March Madness Ooh. is probably another one. Thanksgiving right. is probably in my top five as well. You know, so. The hot take, Thanksgiving meal is overrated. Sure, that's a hot take. Well, well how about we, had, we save that one for Thanksgiving? <laughs> um, I think it can be, but anyway. Uh, Let's talk about the word cloud really quickly. We're going to put a word cloud out on Instagram and then design. So this was your idea to just put in a, every single conference talk from last October 2022. And you put it, you submitted it to a word cloud generator. And mm-hmm. you can have, you had the options to do like 10 of the most popular words, 20, whatever. I think you stuck with 10. Is that right? Yeah, I stuck with 10. And um Fantastic yeah, it was cool. idea, by the way. Yeah, we were talking about it last Wednesday, um, and we just wanted to kind of see what the topics were about, right? Like, we were hoping that we could find, and and we still want to figure out a way to do this, but, like, the most quoted scripture, because I, I gave a lesson last week in Sunday school about this uh, Matthew 11, right? Is that right? Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And yeah. it's been quoted in the last three years, 2020 to 2022. Um, it was quoted 14 times in 14 different talks. And it's the, you know, come unto me that my yoke is light, you know, uh, may your burdens be, you know, lightened by me, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to know if we could figure out a way to do this 
but I decided to just do the entire talk. So while we were talking last week, I literally grabbed what, 25 talks. I think there was like five or six a day. So 25 to 30 talks. No, there'd be more than five or six or a session. Day. Yeah, five yeah. or six five or in a session. I, yeah, that's probably right. In fact, how many yeah. are there per session? There's probably, yeah, six to eight would be my guess per session. Okay. So whatever. I mean, yeah. 30, call it 30, right? Whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so grabbed all these talks, put it in this word cloud generator and started it at the 10 and then kind of we, you know, ventured up from there. But the interesting thing for the top 10, okay, so shout the out top to your sister four, who actually redesigned took this your course. generator, yeah. but she redesigned it, and it looks really cool. I really like the look yeah. a lot. We'll put yeah. it on Instagram so, for people to see, by the way. Yeah. Um, but the top two being Jesus and Christ. Those were said 428 times and 430 times throughout these talks. They talked about Jesus and Christ throughout these talks. Jesus so really cool. edge on Christ. Yeah. All right. Yeah, just barely. Um, but... The next ones were God and Lord. So that was your top four. Your top four were about the Godhead. Right? Yeah. And then the next one, love. The top four being member of the Godhead, right? Jesus, Christ, God, Lord, and love. And love. That is, those are your top five. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's so cool to see that visually, right? And then after that, you have... Uh, life, church, covenants, one, and then number 10 was Savior. So five out of the top 10 were talking about our Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, right? The Godhead. And it was so cool to see that visually um, and, you know, proves that we are a Christ-centered church Absolutely. and we are a church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the true representation of it, right? Like, hey, this is what we're talking about, right? This is what all of these talks focus on. All these, you know, all of these members of the apostles and and the and the you know first presidency and everybody on down through, we're talking about Jesus Christ here, right? And it's and it's cool to see that visual representation, like I said. And um, I I think if I were to go through, and I'm I'm. You know, we're gonna we're gonna do one for next week as well to see. Yeah, we're gonna have once, to post once, this once they get it all printed yeah, out. Comparison. Yeah, be interesting. Um, but I, you know, I think if we were to go back and look at April of twenty two, right? We only did October, but I think if we were to look at April of twenty two, I think we'd probably see the same thing. So I, you know? I think you're right in terms of like what the top five looks like. I think you get Jesus Christ, and I don't think anybody's touching. The top four. I think Jesus Christ, God, Lord, yeah. that's going to be in the top four next week too. Love yeah. probably up there as well. So that might be the same top five, but it will be interesting if it's still going to be life, church, covenants, one, and savior. Yeah. Um, you wonder. Like you, like one, one is one that could easily be trans, like transferred out for something else. Potentially covenants and church. Like you don't know. Mm -hmm. and it'll be interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious to see because it can kind of give you a feel for what's on the mind of the general authorities and specifically yeah. president Nelson and the first presidency. So, yeah. yeah. What was interesting too, is that like I included the, the temple talk that Nelson gives, right? Like he, he gives the temple talk, like we're about to announce some new temples and you know, da, 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 da. Right. But temple's not even on here. It's covenants. 
Yeah. Right. No, that's and it's yeah, about the church. That's an interesting right? point. That's what's in, that's what's interesting, right? The like purpose we, of the temples is what's mentioned exactly. more than actual temples themselves. Exactly, which is very cool to think about. You know, very and cool. just like you said, the one is kind of interchangeable, right? Like, there's only one being, or you know, one savior, one this, right? But it could be easily been be like one with Christ. Yeah, yeah, all of it. So it's really cool to you know. And I and I hope everybody enjoys that little you know post, and you know we'll see how it goes from uh, goes compared to next week when we when we post the uh, new new word cloud. So yeah. it'll be a cool little uh, conference tradition for us that we'll be able to do. You know, little remind for uh, October, right? Yeah. But so we'll post you know the week after uh, or the week before general conference in October of. of you know, April's results, but, you know, be able to do same thing on the backside of, uh, October conference. So it'd be cool. Speaking of which, did you have, do you have any general conference traditions that you grew up with at all? Um, no, the, I mean, the biggest one being mom would always call us in if we were on Saturdays to like, make sure we listened to president Hinckley talk. That was always the biggest one. Like we had, there was one, like my mom would always watch, uh, pretty much every talk. Um, but we'd be outside playing and doing things like that. And she would call us and be like, you need to come listen to the prophet. <laughs> we'd have to run in all sweaty and nasty on yeah. Saturday. You're sitting there. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're cheating, Bryce. Bryce, you're cheating. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. President. Or it, it, it's Hinkley. The prophet of God is speaking. You shut your mouth right now. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so but no, I have, I have started one recently though. I have a, uh, I, I take notes. I do. I, I enjoy taking notes throughout my, throughout talks. I started that, um, in 21 in, um, because, because of a general conference talk, honestly, um, I can't remember who it was, but he called his little pocketbook that he takes notes in his personal Bible. And it's not only like notes that he has from, from, uh, sacrament meetings, but also like other meetings that come up, people quote certain things. He puts, uh, real, like not even just general authority quotes, but also, you know, life quotes from Gandhi or whoever it is that, you know, he really enjoyed. Uh, maybe he's listening to a podcast and he heard somebody say something about something, you know, he, he, um, he writes those down and that's his own personal Bible. So I started that, um, not only in sacrament meetings and second hours, but also, you know, general conference because I, in elders quorum, we go over talks, right? So I want to be able to have those things that I write down, um, live while I'm listening that have stuck out to me and then going back through with elders quorum and things like that. If they bring up anything else, I'm able to also, um, add to the conversation if there is, you know, that lull in, uh, elders quorum about a certain part of the talk, things like that. So, um, I do take notes and then I have coloring stuff that I, if I get bored, nice. <laughs> I enjoy, I enjoy coloring, man. There you go. Good for you. Very, very relaxing. So, um, for me, growing up, general conference may as well have been synonymous with crepes. <laughs> My family made crepes every general conference weekend. And it's funny, looking back at it, it's like crepes now like have this great reputation, like tons of fruit, all sorts of stuff, dude. We <laughs> All we did with crepes, we had crepe makers for ones so you just dip it in. Shout out to Eden, by the way, my sister Eden, who, who listens to the podcast. But seriously, big shout out. Like, she was... She was the crepe master. She would do it every time without fail. I would help her every now and then sometimes because I freaking love the conference crepes. But this is funny, man. All we would conference do. Conference crepes. Yeah. That's great. 
all we would do is make the crepe, right, with the with the I don't know if you don't really call it dough. It's like a it's like a liquid. You do the crepe, right? Really really thin pancake. Really, really thin pancakes. Um Oh, those are the what those are where crepes are? Oh, I love those things. Um and we'd put all we'd put in the middle was cinnamon sugar. <laughs> That's it. There you go. Roll it up and eat your crepe. I was like There you go. So I don't know if I loved crepes as much as I just loved cinnamon sugar. Regardless, though, it was a hell of a tradition, and I loved growing up with it, and it does make me a little bit nostalgic for crepes every time I have conference. But um, anyway. Sounds so like you need to make some crepes. Yeah. No, I, I actually have before on my own. I don't make them the same way that my family did. Like I, I'll do it in a pan and uh, right. and just do the you know the thin, the thin pancake. And a lot of time I'll do like Nutella or uh, Biscoff, you know, and then some fruit and things like that, some whipped cream and whatnot. Yeah, make go. it a little bit more elaborate usually. We'll see if I do Love that it. this weekend. But, dude, let's talk. Who who do you think comes out the winner this conference? I think President I mean, Nelson's the, a cop-out. I don't think we can say that. No. Yeah, the the all-time winner is Holland. Holland and Uchtdorf are your two frontrunners. 100%. I, I push back Any day of the court. week. You can, you can go ahead. Go ahead. Those are my top two always. They're number one seeds. They never go down. Right, they are number one seeds, and they get to the they get to the final four, and most likely the top two every time. One or one or both. I'll give you Holland. I, it's hard to go against that. Um, Uchtdorf however, is a G. What's that? Uchtdorf is a G. Oh, dude, in I, I agree. Like Uchtdorf is fantastic, but <laughs> in fact, this is kind of a little funny side note. There's a video of Uchtdorf uh, that I put on. Uh, now, granted, it's just Duke Dorf's voice, but I put it on our Instagram, Latter-day Takes. Mm-hmm. I did this a long time ago. I did this before you joined on officially. But it's of uh, how he's explaining how to ride a bike and how you might fall down and stuff. Have you seen that video that I posted? No, but that's funny. And it's uh, – I what I did is I edited it in Duke Dorf's voice with when Biden was riding his bike. <laughs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> he stopped in front of this crowd and fell over. <laughs> I mean, we're laughing at the fact that it's Biden, Hilarious. the president of the United States, it's supposed to be the most one of the most competent people on earth, and maybe not the case. We're laughing at that. We're not laughing at the fact that it's a very, very old man falling down on a bike, because that part actually makes it a little bit more sad. But granted, when you put yourself up that much in the public eye, then you're just going to be that, under that much more scrutiny. Uh, okay. Yep. So, my sleepers, okay? I think I'm with you on Holland. I'm, I'm with you 100% on Holland. I think he probably will come away with it. However, can we put the first presidency in there? Mm. Is that fair or no? Yeah, just no Nelson. Yeah, so you have Oaks and Iring. All right. So even with Oaks and Iring, I still think the biggest sleeper, this is going to be like somebody who's like a three or a four seed going into it, but might come out on top. And you know what? March Madness, dude, we don't have a single top seed. For the first time, yeah. maybe ever. I don't know. It's ever. been a long yeah. time. First the time, first time that there was no number one like, in the lead eight, or yeah, in the lead eight, or in the top. Yeah. There's not top two seed in the final four, which is crazy. Yeah, I think the highest is UConn, and they might even be a four. They're a four. They're a four. So not even because yeah, they, beat, they beat the three seed out of Gonzaga. So as a three or four seed, I'm picking Christofferson. I think Christofferson could there. be a sleeper pick, man. 
I, I freaking you, know, you, know you really listen to his talks, man. Mm-hmm. That guy is poignant, and he he is Christopherson. Let me just tell you this: with him, you may not think he's got like the best talk of the conference, but his floor is so high. Yeah, his floor is like that guy's worst talk is always so good. Is my point? Yeah, that's Christopherson okay. for you. I I will in the in the four seed spot. I will put Suarez, Ulysses Suarez. Suarez, that's a good one. I don't I don't know if he's had a bad a quote unquote bad talk. Yeah, and I enjoy I thoroughly enjoy listening to that man talk. Like he is just spot on with so many things, and like it just like it flows so good. Like he has good stories, right? He's a little comical. Right, like he has all dynamics of a good talk and like hits it every time. So, and he's 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 not hitting home runs every time, but he's lacing doubles in the gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that analogy. That's good. Uh, I think another one that you could say is a sleeper too is Neil L. Anderson. Okay, he's yeah. not listed on a lot of people's favorites list, but my yeah. my goodness, are his talks great? Like, yeah, he's one of those where it's like he never really has a bad one. Yeah. When he shows up, dude, he shows up to play. Comes to bat. I feel like I need to pull up the twelve now, because I, we can we can easily do. <laughs> I need to I need to pull him up real quick. I'll tell you this: this is a good this is a good uh, way to kind of reference how I see it. I think one of the biggest sleepers last conference was actually uh, Elder Renland. Elder Renland's talk, like. Okay. I thought I thought was fantastic, and I and I didn't see it coming. I was I, not not that I didn't expect much from him, but it's just he's never really resonated with me a ton in the past. But then when he gets yeah. up there and talks about how like you'll ask, he's like asking for new revelation in in contrast with like the gospel is only going to bring wrong answers. Essentially, is what he was talking about. That was he's like he's like we don't need revelation on heavenly mother. The church has given you everything you need to know on that. So just like let's yeah. let's just end that there. But he says personal revelation is personal, but it's also different than church revelation. You cannot get revelation for the entire church. It was, Renlin's talk was fantastic. Yeah. All right. So do we go – all right. With the quorum of the 12, right, your number one seeds Ballard, Holland, Uchtdorf, Bednar? Uh, wait, hold on. For the – okay, so we're doing four one seeds? Oh, wait, no. We'd have to do three. I think we'd honestly really only do four. I've been just doing a two, one through two like ones. 15 and you just have playing games and like two. Well, no, no, if we do, well, yeah, if we do one through 12, right, you can do one and 12 play each other. Right. And we can just, we can just venture down that way. <laughs> one, 12, two, 11. I'll be honest. I haven't three. thought through that much and I'm not sure I have much Ooh. more in me in terms of like, understanding well, six how this and six. Works. well, yeah. Cause it would, well, you have to do six and six. I, I also don't really want to do 12 seed. <laughs> All right, should I name one six seed? I might no. name one six seed. No, no, because it's the twelve. You have to, we have to do twelve seed. Bed, Bednar's a top seed, by the way. Bednar's a top seed. Like he he he's not so a sleeper too. because he's actually. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like he can be a two. Heat. Yeah, right? Bednar. I would put Bednar at a two. Holland's a one. He's not a sleeper. He's a one seed. Stevenson had killed it last last uh, last year. That Stevenson talk last year was so good. I don't even remember that talk. We just we just covered that one um, 
two weeks ago in Elder's Quorum. It was really, really good. I'll send it over. I can't remember which one it was. Oh, wait, I can click on his name. Here we go. Um, I think, <laughs> uh, I think nourish, you did... Nourishing and Bearing Your Testimony. It was that one. It was right. so good, dude. Um, yeah, I mean, I think your, I think your lower ones are, and it, <laughs> it sucks. It sucks that I'm doing this. Uh, Razband. Razband, yeah, and Runland. Like, those are your bottoms. Because, like, dude, Gonger, dude, Gong kills it every time, too. Right? Yeah, like, Gong's, pretty, Gong's a solid two-seed. Gong usually easily. brings it. I agree. Right? Like, so, even, even Suarez is probably, like, a three-four seed. But, like, 100%, he can easily take out one of the top guys. Yeah. All right. I'm, is, I'm, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> it is, right? I hope everybody else is enjoying this as much as we are because this is so much fun. Yeah. It's like, uh, is he a two-seed? Uh, we're, we're the selection committee. We're I actually will committee. appeal to our listeners. If you have a different idea about who should be seated where, by all means, yeah. send a comment our way. Give, it, give us your top three, right? Give us your top three seeds. Yeah, I want to hear top three seeds. You know, my, my top three is Holland, Uchtdorf, and I'm going to go with... Because I, I like Suarez, but I don't know if he's a top three for me. Holland, Uchtdorf, and I'm going for it. Gong, give me the three. Oh, damn. Those are my three. Wow. Yep. Gong I love Gong. Wow. Dude, well, K- dude, Casey, Casey got me on the on the Gong bang on the Gong bang. Is that is that like an, is that some Asian family persuasion going uh, on here? I wouldn't. I, I don't. I don't approve of that racist comment. It's not racist. <laughs> No, okay, Goner people is People talk Casey's. about identifying with people through race all the time. There's nothing racist about that. <laughs> Isn't Gong Japanese too, specifically? Yeah. I think, yeah. right? Same, same as Casey, yeah. We, yeah, I knew I knew Casey was. Um, yeah. Are we sure Gong is Japanese? Um, I mean, he's, he's American. Sure. I mean, both of them are American. I don't mean that, but I just yeah. mean like heritage-wise, obviously. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is Japanese. Um, um, but no, yeah, those three... Like and that that's tough for me even to say Gong over Bednar because Bednar has had some amazing talks and like talk about a childhood like um, apostle that I remember from my childhood specifically because of how young he was and like taking ten years off of not watching conference and then coming back and seeing it I'm like oh my gosh he looks so old I'm getting old this sucks right but no Bednar is is for real like legit too. Um, Oh, no, my top three. Way, I'll sure, go Holland, the, Luke, Real Gong. quick, I wanted to confirm this. I'm pretty sure Gong's actually Chinese heritage. Oh, really? Yeah, pretty sure. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Looking at his dad. Yeah, his ancestors came to the United States from China. So just want to clarify okay. that. But, I mean, there's there, there's some, there's some uh, crossover there, too, when it comes to just, like, being Asian in America. That's why they relegated mm-hmm. to Asian American. Maybe they shouldn't, but I don't know. Anyway, regardless, yeah. I say that as somebody who has Mexican ancestry, who very much identifies with other Mexican ancestry. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't, but I do. Um, Ulysses Suarez. That's right, except he's Brazilian. Yeah. And okay. I think there's Jeez. a rivalry there. Oh, don't you dare put it <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, so my top three. Mine are probably pretty easy to, to predict. But number one seed, Holland. Number two, Bednar. Number three, Christofferson. And okay. I think I could see the three seed winning it all, but I could also I need three any three of those. Bednar, dude. Yeah. Bednar's kind of he's kind of polarizing, unfortunately. Um, so there's that. Like for a lot of people, not for me. I love Bednar pretty much all the time. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. had some that I'm just kinda like, okay, maybe he didn't hit as hard that one, but especially as of recent, 
Bednar's like, no. that guy's a hard hitter, man. I freaking love it. Yeah. He's he's freaking swinging for the fences every time. Sometimes it's a pop fly. It just happens. Yeah, his last one, well, his one in October was uh, put on thy strength, O Zion. And that was the uh, parables one about the uh, the marriage and the wearing of the cloaks that we just talked about in Matthew 12, 13, somewhere in there. Yeah. Sounds right. Sounds yeah. right. All right, so, so let's give a quick over-under, because we've got to wrap it up here soon, but what, let's give a quick over-under on temple announcements. I've got my okay, number. So I, was, I was thinking about this. I think coming. I think the Vegas books are going to have it at seven and a half. Seems low. Seven and a half, seven and a half, eight and a half, somewhere in there. So right, I'm thinking we'll the over. I'm pounding the over on yours. Pounding All right, eight, eight and a half now. <laughs> now where you at? My reaction, dude. Yep, eight and a half. I I was thinking over I, under eight and a half. You have to answer. I have to move this I, line. I said over. I said over. I'm pounding the Nine over and on half. eight and a half. Nine and a half. Still. Ten and a y- half. You keep yours where it's at. Don't you dare. No, move I on. have. Okay, that's how Vegas works. Okay, Vegas works this way. Okay. Yeah. And okay. It's pounded on one side mind, with the smart money. You're, you're going to have money. an idea of what it, what I think it should be at when I share what my over under is, and I'm putting okay, mine so at go. thirteen and a half, dude. That's way too many. Then take the under. I'm pounding the under. Okay. Uh, All right. Nine and a half. A precedent final, of final, final okay, Closing closing line. Over nine thirteen. And a half. Well over thirteen. When? I swear, the very last one probably had more than thirteen. I don't believe that. Look it up, dude. We're going to do some live research here. President Nelson talks. Um, Focus on the temple. Um, yeah, you can probably help me pull it up. I'm pleased to announce four additional locations. Mexico City, new temples will be built. Those came later. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm pleased to announce plans to build a new temple in each of the following locations. Korea, Philippines, Philippines, Nigeria, Peru. Argentina, Brazil, Brazil, Guatemala, Florida, Michigan, Texas, Lone Mountain, Nevada, Humbib, Washington. All right, yeah, that was thirteen. You're right. Ah, ha! <laughs> and I Definitely, swear, wait, wait. the one in, uh, o- in October, in uh, April of 2022, I think he even had more. I think there were more than thirteen. Well, no, because they're also adding four in Mexico City. Which makes so it that's what? 17. 17. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm pounding the right. door over. Okay. And mine I becomes... still... Okay, 10 and a half. <laughs> okay. 12 and a half. Can we agree <laughs> on 12 and a half? All right, closing line, 12 and a half. <laughs> Look at you coming around. <laughs> See, that's the whole point of the Vegas line, though, right? It yeah, starts at a line. Yeah, you're supposed to guess it. You're not supposed to guess it based off of what the person you're talking no. about. No. No, that's not the way books work, dude. I know the way know. books even, work. You're but not I'm even when you from guess here. The lines, you're not you even from take, here. You, okay, yeah, that's it. <laughs> One, I kind of am. So how dare you? Um, oh man. Okay, let me look at the let me look at the one in April real quick because this will give us a good idea. Now is the time. Okay, seventeen. He even says it in the last paragraph, second to last paragraph. These seventeen temples. Okay. So that's All right. Two so conferences that's in two a row. row 17. 17. So right. I, 13 and a half even feels a little bit low, right? Yeah. Comparing those two. But granted, I just kind of, 
kind of feel like they got to slow it down occasionally. But maybe we're both wrong. Maybe it's maybe the over under should be at like sixteen and a half. All right, yeah, let's let's do that. Sixteen and a half, final line closed out the door. Sixteen and a half over under. Let us know in the comments. Okay. Um, and then uh, over under new locations in an art. International and domestic. What do you? What do we think? Which one's going to be higher? Let's just go with that. International or domestic? Which one's higher? Ooh, that's actually really. You know what? You've you've asked a very good question because I feel like those line those are pretty even most mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Shoot. Well, my 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 gut says international. We'll have the edge. so does mine. Okay. So does mine. Yeah. So international on that one. Uh. And then are there any? There's. A couple states that don't have a temple, correct? Ooh, I don't know. I want to say that there is. I bet we could. I bet you could do a quick Google. That's like which, which, which states don't have LDS temples. I mean, if the Dakotas comes to mind. Yeah. Um, like if if there were any, I feel like it'd be them. Okay. Wait a second. There might be a ton. Wait, no, that's old. That's a super old blog post. We're not going off of that. Um, okay, here we go. Some of these have, there's some maps you can pull up. That'll show it. And yeah. first glance, South Dakota. Okay. And Nebraska, I don't think, has one. Lincoln doesn't have one? Or Omaha? Not according to this map, if I'm getting my Nebraska right. Wait, no, hold on. Sorry, Nebraska does. Or Kansas. It's Kansas, yeah. I was getting Kansas. Because Kansas City. Kansas City has one. Oh, but oh, but it's Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. Yeah, it's Missouri side. Yeah, yeah, so Kansas does not have one in their state, it looks like. South Dakota does not have one, which that was a pretty good guess right off the bat. Um, what about Arkansas? It looks like maybe West Virginia doesn't either. How crazy is that? Yeah, I don't think West Virginia has one according to this map, but it's Yeah, but that 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 state is so like landlocked around other states that do, right? Oh, like True. Philly's super close, DC super close. Yeah, Pittsburgh, yeah. Columbus, Louisville, yeah. Kentucky. And then DC is obviously really close to West Virginia as well. Right. Dude, there are actually three states right next to each other that don't and this makes a lot of sense cuz I just saw a stat the other day that these are like the most like atheistic or whatever if that's a word uh-huh. states. What is it? You have any? You want any hints or guesses or anything? Well, you said Kansas and South Dakota, so I'm guessing. Oh, but but you would never go Midwest for when it comes to godless stuff. Is it the Northeast? Is it Maine? Maine, you know, Vermont, and Rhode Island. Maine, Maine Vermont. Vermont, and New Hampshire. Bingo! Nailed it. Those three do not have temples. It looks like, and okay. specifically, I think I saw uh, Vermont has the least believers in God, I think that state. And so it stands to reason that New Hampshire and Maine are like really close to that as well. So isn't that fascinating? Wow. That's fascinating. No, those three states do not have temples. Makes sense about Vermont though. Um, Bernie's (laughs) fill the burn. That's right. Fill the burn up there in Vermont. eh? Um, Great maple syrup though. (laughs) I can imagine. So which, what, what gets a temple for? I, I think it's obvious that Kansas and South Dakota will come before any of those Maine, Vermont, or New Hampshire's. I would I, love to see one in Maine, though. Portland, Maine, dude. Such a beautiful little city you probably out there. played there, haven't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. So awesome. The, the 
city of light or the the city of lighthouses, man. Like it is phenomenal, phenomenal place. And I I think it'd be so cool. Um, No, they don't get one. Utah's going to get 15 more like they always do. (laughs) Stupid. Every quarter mile. Jeez. Every exit gets one. Like unbelievable. It makes sense, dude. Does it though? It does if you're patron. We've been, di- if you're we've constantly been dying patronizing for these temples and not in the word that you you're, think I'm using. You're patronizing me right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I am patronizing you. Um, <laughs> but if you patronize the temples as much as we do out here in Utah, then it stands to reason that we get 15 yeah. more. Anyway, my get to answer your question, I think it's uh, I think Kansas is the obvious one. I think you yeah. can see one of those bigger cities in Kansas. But again, it's so tough going in that way. You so could Kansas get Kansas City, City, City Kansas. You could just get two temples in Kansas City, one on the Missouri yeah, side. I don't, know, I don't Kansas. know if they have enough, though, enough members in there. Um, well, with, if, if Brother Reed has anything to say about it, then... That's right. That's right. Which, by the way, reached out to our, our uh, a, a friend of mine on the coaching staff who's been on the pod before, and mm-hmm. he's interested. He, he'll come yes. back on. We'll get Porter, and he's got a cool... This is a little nice little preview. Andy Reed and, like, a couple other members of the Kansas City football team. <laughs> no joke. What were they doing before the Super Bowl? They were went to the temple. They went. No, it was on Sunday. They uh, <laughs> they went to a baby blessing to participate in a baby blessing. Whose baby's baby was it? Mister Porter Ellett. Really? So, yeah, we'll get Porter to come on and talk about that. That is awesome. Isn't that cool? Yeah. All right. All right. So international, we're yeah, we're we're going international. Uh, I believe that there'll be a country that gets a tumble yeah. for the first time. A country, however, gets the first not one. not a state. Yep, not a state. Um, and sixteen and a half is the over under for temples and outs. All right. Yeah, we're good. All right. Well, uh, if uh, if Elder Packer would uh, take us into this break, that'd be phenomenal. <laughs> brethren <laughs> brethren your your body is quite literally a factory <laughs> <laughs> brian so brian harper <laughs> your body is <clears throat> quite literally a spiritual crocodile <laughs> so good all right with that we'll uh we'll be back shortly with our uh spiritual thoughts and possibly people we can't be friends with oh i don't actually i don't know if i have that this time but i don't I, have I, anything either uh, well, possibly. we may cover we may not uh with yeah. that said my little preview i'm talking about anger in the scriptures so get excited for that everybody can't wait okay appreciate y'all love it see you on the other side All right, brethren, we are back with the today <coughs> for He's the been doing that for the past seven hours that we've been on break. <laughs> Latter-day takes. <laughs> Honestly, it's probably not nearly as good as I think it is, unfortunately. I but we're back, dude. We're back. This is the good part. This is the good part. Um... So I'm going to go ahead and just roll, dude. I'm going to roll with what I've talked about, uh, what I kind of alluded to before. I'll be referencing anger in the scriptures. And I think this is an interesting one because we talk about this every now and then, right? With uh, Specifically with Christ in the temple. So I thought that was mm-hmm. interesting. And that's going to be one of the parallels I'm going to use. But 
The one example that I point to a lot in the Book of Mormon is Captain Moroni because there's actually a few, like kind of a handful of times where it specifically says that he was angry or that he had anger or there's even another word that I'll point out here in a second, but I'll, I'll reference all the scriptures. I'll show that. So in Alma 44, 17, when Zerahemna was stubborn, so Zerahemna being one of the, I think he was a Zoramite general or something like that, a captain or something like that. He was stubborn and refused to stop fighting, okay? Because Captain Ronai didn't want to fight. And he's like, hey, like, stop fighting so that way people aren't dying. He was, he was ang angry at that. He was angry with Amalekiah, because he caused dissensions among the Nephites. That was in Alma 46.11. With his own people, he was angry with the kingmen, so the Nephites, that kind of, that faction that cut off, who refused to take up arms and help their own army. And Moroni had labored with so much diligence to preserve. That's out of Alma 51.14. And this is also the only passage where it mentions that he was wroth. And it mentions that multiple times. Well, talking about his enemies specifically. So Roth is basically just very, very angry. And then with Amaron specifically because they seek to destroy the Nephites. And all the Nephites have done is defend themselves. That was in Alma 54, 13. And he said, I am in my anger. With Amaron, Amalekai, the same guy I just mentioned, that's, this is Amalekai, his brother. With Amaron because he knew Amaron had a perfect knowledge of his fraud. Alma 55, 1. He is angry with the government because of their, and this is when he wrote that epistle, to Pahoran, and he was angry with the government because he thought their supposed indifference towards freedom of their country. That was in Alma 59.13. And then with Amron and Amalekiah, right at the end of uh, the book of Alma, for causing such a great and lasting war that caused so much war and bloodshed and famine in Alma 62.35. And so just kind of referencing all that, right? We have that, mm -hmm. that famous scripture about uh, Captain Moroni. Um, where it's, where it, verily, verily, this is Alma 48, 17. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if all men had been and were and ever would be like unto Moroni, behold, the very powers of hell would have been shaken forever. Yea, the devil would never have power over the hearts of the children of men. So mm. it kind of makes you wonder, is there such a thing as righteous anger? Or if perhaps Captain Moroni was in the wrong here? That's not impossible either, because let's not forget what Mormon writes here about Captain Moroni in Alma 48, 17 isn't necessarily doesn't necessarily have eternal uh, implications. He just says the very powers of hell would be shaken forever, which is obviously you would think that that would be looking great for eternity in that sense. Um, he didn't say all men, if they were like unto Moroni, they'd be exalted. He didn't say that. However, I do think, in my own personal belief, is that if most people were like Captain Rona, they probably would be exalted. But that's literally not what Mormon is saying here. So to be safe, my point is we need to triangulate this with another example of anger that we see in the scriptures. Um, and that is in the New Testament. And this is where things get a little bit interesting, I think, personally. So with Christ's okay. demonstration of anger in the temple. And I know I'm monologuing here, and I'm very sorry. So if you have any questions or anything, you feel free to interject, be the audience, whatever you think. How am I doing so nope, far? I'm writing, I'm writing everything down on my whiteboard right now. All right, perfect. So we only have one example, obviously, in the New Testament of Christ's anger. We have plenty of his examples of Jehovah being angry in the Old Testament, so there's that. But anyway, mm -hmm. as a human being, as a perfect human being on this earth, Christ was only angry one time. And it was with the money changers in the temple. Now, the surface level story is that he was upset with the trading that was going on in the house of his father. However, okay. there's actual evidence, supposedly, 
in, in throughout the four gospels that the exchanging going on was in fact meant to hurt the poor. He specifically is noted as saying in Matthew, Mark, and Luke that they have turned into a den of thieves. Now this hasn't been confirmed, but some people allege that the exchanging that went on was specifically meant to harm the poor, and that was what they were being sold were animals. What was being sold were animals to sacrifice for Passover. That was what was taking place at the time. That's why there were so many people coming in and out of the temple. Animals were, were being sold for sacrifice purposes to people, and doves were like the lowest form of animal that people could sacrifice. So that was specifically hurting the poor because um, this was money from the temple would be lent out to poorer Jews who were in debt to the Roman Empire. But it was more of a, and this is what's alleged, right? We, obviously, we don't know this from the Bible. You have to go through the history of the Romans and the, and the Jewish religion and everything. Is that there were supposedly coordinated efforts between the Jewish establishment and the Roman government. Kind of a way to continually siphon money from the vulnerable. But that's more speculation. But it could be, I mean, you kind of wonder, like, the government implications behind all that that Christ was fully aware of, and that's specifically also why he was angry. Um, side note, Christ ridding the temple of the money changers or thieves as he referred to them was when he also put a type of trading embargo in the temple which is actually hurts the economy quite a bit he there is a verse there where he says he like cut off the trading that was going on at that time and that would have that that would have really really hurt the economy especially during that time of passover when they're expecting so many people to come through for worship and things like that for the sacrifices and whatnot um and that was partly what led him to to his martyrdom one week later. So Christ was actually crucified a week after he had his outburst in the temple. So anyway, all this to say... Palm Sunday. Christ was, what's that? Palm Sunday. No. Is that what it is? Ash Wednesday. Mm, and I don't know. Because it's, <laughs> it's the week lead up. No, no, it's the week lead up. So three days before he was crucified on Thursday, Friday. He was crucified on Friday Thursday, three. Good Friday? I'll be honest, man, I don't know. I can't remember. No, I, I remember going through it, and it was so cool because of the um, – yeah, Good Friday. Yeah. Awesome. He, that's, that's, yeah. When he's, that's when he was um, – yeah, because Passover's on the 5th. Palm Sunday is when he came in on that Sunday – on the donkey. And then Passover was the last supper. And then he was taken. That's when he was, um, by Judas betrayed. And then good Friday, he was, uh, killed. And, uh, no, was it Thursday? I thought it was three days in the, in the tomb. Was it three days? Three. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was resurrected on, on Easter. Yeah, so he was killed uh, Thursday. Yeah, Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. How about that, man? Look little, at us. Just a little, little Easter. Little, a little Easter lesson for you all, which is only there you go. two weeks out from a couple weeks. Or a week yeah. and a half. Kind of a week and a half out from us right now. Um, yeah. Sunday's so, Palm anyway, Sunday. So. There you go. Um, so that was so, that was when this was happening. Was when that was when this was happening. Palm Sunday. Yeah, exactly. It was coming yeah. up a week later. He's killed. So exactly. 
So all this to say that Christ was perhaps only angry when it meant that A, people were dishonoring the house of his father, but also B, they were taking advantage of the poor and needy. Right. Harming other people. And so how does this parallel, taking it back to Captain Moroni, you, to, to reference again, all the scriptures that I laid out earlier were specifically when Zarahemna was stubborn and refused to stop fighting, Amalekiah because he caused dissensions among the Nephites and caused this great war, um, his own people that were dissenting in the government and making that war go longer and, and specifically even joining forces with the Lamanites, Amaron because he wanted to just seek to destroy the Nephites continually, their own government because they're indifferent towards the freedom of their country, Amaron and Amalekiah for causing such a great war, right? Just going back through that again. So save for the one example that I gave, right, which is when he was upset with Amron because of he had a perfect knowledge of his fraud, which actually means that Amron was lying to himself, and you can have a whole conversation about intellectual honesty right. there. He was also angry when it came to the welfare of others, and that's the key component there. So arguably just like Christ. So when it comes to the defense of others, perhaps our anger isn't so misplaced. Now granted, a lot of people utilize anger to virtue signal, so don't get it confused with that. Don't use it to prop yourself up above everybody else or to just to look better. Their anger on behalf of faux discrimination, scandals, and the more driven by hubris, right? Those people that are using it more to prop themselves up, it's more driven by hubris, I think, than justice for the victim. So you have to be sure that you really are there to defend the victim, the person that is being targeted. They want to be the first to have their names in the history books. That's what those people are. But when it comes to identifying true victims, the truly vulnerable, and in my mind, children come to mind immediately as the most vulnerable group in the world, right? Then it seems like perhaps anger might be a little more justified. But I would suggest not letting it drive your decision-making like it did with Tiancum the second time around when it said in his anger he did go forth. Kind of interesting there as well. So it's possible. You could make the argument that Tiancum, and, and Tiancum when he went to go kill Amron, right? Because he, he killed Amalekiah in his sleep. Boom, one and done. By the way, my theory, Tiancum was like a Navy SEAL. I think that was that dude. That was, He was a Navy SEAL. He was a Nephite Navy SEAL, dude. Uh, and then, as they say, NNS in that time, Nephite Navy SEAL. Um, <laughs> he, when he went to go kill Amaron, I think it was kind of interesting because he sa it says he went in his anger. So he let his anger drive his decision-making. And that's perhaps what led to his vulnerability and, and getting caught and, and not necessarily being as swift to kill Amron as he was for Amalekiah. But I don't know. That's just speculation. So to say, anger isn't always a terrible thing, apparently, according to the scriptures. But uh, it needs to be targeted correctly, which is in defense of the truly vulnerable. But we can only determine that if we have the spirit with us. And I think we need to identify who those truly vulnerable are. And then as we come to their defense... It's okay if we're fighting on behalf of them and in in turn getting angry at times. Those are my thoughts. Okay. Long-winded. It was long-winded, but I wrote down a lot of it. Like, oh, I told you, I was like, hey, I just, I love I just it. went down a rabbit hole for uh, half an hour yeah. writing down some thoughts on anger in the scriptures. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. I, uh, I, I think there are probably more occasions of frustration with the uh the one in particular is is speaking of um when Jesus Christ and the apostles went into the synagogue and uh he performed the withered hand miracle 
right? It's like you, if you not working on the Sabbath type thing, right? And then you can kind of hear that tone in here. Like if you had a, if you had a sheep fall into a hole, you're telling me you're not going to go get it. Like I, I, I can't heal this guy right now. Yeah, right. You, yeah. I think you can hear that like frustration when you're reading it. Um, and I can see, well, and I think a lot of a it few too more was because they were like of being good. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, but it's like, cause they were willfully ignorant, which they, they, mm-hmm. they, sh- they illustrate that very well in the chosen, I think, by the way, but anyways, let's right. Yeah, no, but I mean, and that's kind of where, like, I think you, you're not so much angry, but it's just the frustration, um, that you can kind of hear in, in a lot of some, you know, a handful of scriptures, um, tone wise of the, of the frustration, you know, like Nephi, Nephi getting, getting pissed with, with Laman and Lemuel, right? Like yeah. frustration, right? You can, you can feel and, and read and hear that frustration that he goes on. Um, you know, you're not so. wrong. Cause a lot of it's based on the idea. It's like these people know better, like they know yeah. better. So, so what is it that's making them make these decisions? Is it, is it there? Are they driven by pride? Are they just trying to be combative because they're prideful right now. And you kind of wonder like Christ had to have been thinking along those lines some of that time where he's like, you guys have the doctrine. You guys, you guys have the truth. You have the old Testament. This is, I shouldn't have to be teaching you all this again. I shouldn't be having to like lay this all out for you. So I could, you understand why he's frustrated there. And it kind of makes you think like, what about today? Right? Yeah. We have the doctrine 100%. today. We have the truth. We are the modern day Jews. We really are. We we yeah. have the fullness of the gospel as it exists right now, just like the Jews had back then. Mm-hmm. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Um, I I like your opinion on you know the the focused aggression, right? Um. So, yeah. No, I I thoroughly enjoyed your your little take with the with the anger in the in the scriptures. So. Oh, thanks, brother. I think people are going to have to go back through and and slow it down, but it'll be all right. <laughs> you put me on half speed where I said, okay, wait, where was he at? Where was he at? Where was he at? Okay. People have right, told right, me they right, put right, me right, on right. half speed before. And I did like, they and I'll just be sitting there and be like, so Captain <laughs> <Maroni>. <laughs> uh, So my, uh, my spiritual thought is comes from a talk by James E. Faust, uh, Priesthood Blessings, is it's called, and it was in October of 1995. I uh, I was asked to give my dad a blessing uh, before his back surgery um, last week, and was able to find a really really cool talk from James E. Faust, uh, our childhood you know, uh, first presidency member, right? Was he in there? I believe yeah. so. Okay. Yeah. He was in there until, um, uh, he died on my mission, I think. So I think he died in like 2007. I think it was his last one. Huh? Maybe, okay. Maybe it was 2007 then. Hold on. I, I could be wrong. I thought he, I thought he, yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure he died in 2007 while it was on my mission. Cause so did Hinkley. Hinkley died not too long after that. Because, yeah, Hinkley had Monson. Yeah, and April 2007 was his last one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so upon listening to this, um, he gives a really cool story about how or when he was a small boy. And I'll, and I'll just read a little excerpt. 
Um, cause I actually kind of got something different from it after rereading through it. Um, but he goes, as a small boy, I remember being, in, uh, intrigued by my grandmother's magnifying glass, which she used in her old age to read and do needlework. When the glass was in focus, everything I looked at was greatly magnified, but I was most intrigued by what happened when the lens contracted the sunlight on an object, when it passed through the magnifying glass and the sunlight's power was absolutely amazing. Okay, so as kids, I used to take magnifying glass and burn ants. True or false? Harper, you did the same thing. <laughs> you know, I, I tried. I don't think I ever really succeeded, I'll be honest. I always wanted to, that's for sure, though. But I would definitely take... I remember specifically doing it dead grass and lighting the dead grass on fire. I thought that was cool. Okay. All right. I was never successful so in killing ants with it, though. What about the uh, Sid from Toy Story uh, light fireworks with Buzz Lightyear? Same thing. Yeah, that always appealed to me, too, for sure. <laughs> we would blow things up. Not necessarily toys, though. <laughs> we definitely would do, like, the dry ice bombs. All right, so... While I'm hearing this, okay, I immediately think of that, right? Immediately go into that thought. Well, However, shout out to Derek real quick, just because we're on the topic of what we do as shenanigans as a kid. Derek, friend of the pod, uh, he, I grew up with Derek in Vegas, and right. we caused havoc, man. We doorbell ditched the entire neighborhoods that we lived in, and to the point where supposedly they – the rumor was that there was a $50 fine if you got caught doorbell ditching all because of us, which I, I'm sure that wasn't true, but we it felt true, and it was definitely believable. And then the other thing, the big one was us throwing water balloons at construction workers. Like, that was so jacked up looking back at it. It's like, because if I were one of those construction workers, I would have freaking – I would have – I would have hopped the wall and beat up all those little kids, dude. I would have just freaking, I would have gone to jail. I don't care. But anyway, so yeah, we, we, we caused havoc. Like I'm, that is not foreign to me. Just a little tangent there. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Your time. You're, t- you're on the clock. My bad. Nope. Nope. Not my time. It's fine. <laughs> um, no. So I, I thinking of like doing that as a kid, whatever. Right. But, as soon as I hear the, uh, when it passed through the magnifying glass, the sunlight's power was absolutely amazing. Now in the mindset that I'm reading, that I'm listening to this talk, right? Priesthood blessings. So my mind immediately goes to our heavenly father's power, the Melchizedek priesthood that we, that we hold, right? Is this magnificent, you know, sunlight power, right? And if we look at ourselves as men being that magnifying glass, and honing ourselves with our hands on top of, you know, the heads of whoever we're giving that blessing to and re- redirecting that sunlight power that is, you know, all, all being, all seeing, you know, as far, as far as the land can, or as far as you, you know, the sunlight touches, right. The, the line from Lion King. Um, but being able to hone that in through the priesthood and, and be able to bless somebody, you know, whether it's, it's a, uh, patriarchal blessing, uh, Father's blessing, uh, you know, a healing blessing, whatever it may be, confirmation, you know, all the above, right? But that, like, picture of us kind of being that magnifying glass and being able to redirect that, you know, the Lord's power, the Melchizedek priesthood onto our fellow man that while we're down here on earth is just, like, so cool and, like, mind-blowing to me, um, the amazing power that 
were afforded um, here on on Earth through through the power of the priesthood. So, dude, it is it is a amazing analogy, and you had already kind of talked to me about that. And it is it's beautiful to think like that. It, it's putting an illustration, a, a, a more detailed one on how we can be tools in the Lord's yeah. hands. You know, and I love that idea of focusing His power and strengthening it and being that magnifying lens for his power. It's, it's yeah. honestly beautiful. I've never yeah. really no, thought of I, that before you had said that. Yeah. And I, I just, I, and, and he's not even really talking about that, but I just, when I'm, when I'm, you know, reading this talk, it's, it's about priesthood blessings. Right. And he starts immediately talking about, you know, because I've had that experience of, you know, burning ants <laughs> and burning holes and in, in pieces of paper and, dead pieces of grass and you know like i understand like that makes sense to me right but immediately i think of the sunlight right being you know he's he's up there and he has all that power for us to be able to you know help out our fellow man so yeah i thought it was really cool um but no it's a great talk uh he goes into more of melchizedek or uh, not melchizedek into patriarchal blessings um and again it was just really cool the way he talked about it and how uh he had one one example of a like 85 year old guy getting one he goes i would have loved to read that one oh yeah <laughs> like, because like what what is that patriarch gonna say to him like yeah. at, at the end of his life you know and things like that that's like oh man you know, blessings we, the next year this is the, the millennium is gonna be special gonna be for amazing. you my friend <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like what like what is he even projected to do? So it's just really cool to think about that. Um, but no, it was, it was a good talk. So if anybody's looking for a, you know, talk on priesthood blessings, James E. Faust, October, 1995. Yeah. I love that, man. Um, yeah. That's, uh, I love the idea. Like, like you were saying, like we we're channeling, it's up to us to channel that power. You know, you're not going to use. And I think too, is like if, if we're, if we're a broken lens at the time too, right? Like we can't, we can't work that way, right? If we're if we're sinning yeah, and we're not I was worthy just gonna and say that. all that, right? Exactly. Yeah, like hundred percent. There's different degrees so. to how you can magnify. Like, there's different degrees of magnifying, right? Yeah, you can magnify the sun through a lot of different things. You can even even reflect it off your watch or something, you know, into weird places and and all that. But if you can't channel it correctly, where you're encapsulating it as much as possible and then focusing it into a specific area, a specific area, then what's it all for? Yeah, exactly. The Death Star blowing up Naboo. Yep. Yep. And with that, (laughs) well, solid sesh, man. Uh, Conference. I can't wait. Uh, Next week, we're going to do, obviously, a conference recap. I'm not going to disclose who I'm going to try to get for next week's episode, but uh could could be a good one. Did you hear that? That was not my windows open. I People did. are, like, making noises. Disregard that. Sorry. I've got some hood rats for neighbors. Um, yeah. But uh, I... Uh, I I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to disclose who that might be. But he owes me one, so it could be a good one, and I hope we can get him on. And I think we should be able to. We can get like twenty to thirty minutes with him, and uh, and pick his brain on some 20, things. Twenty to thirty always turns into uh, forty-five, fifty. True, but maybe not with him. But maybe right, with him. Well, 
we'll, I don't know. We'll do our best. We'll do our best. A little yeah. uh, teaser well, for you. Everybody enjoy. Everybody enjoy uh, conference weekend. I am yeah. gonna have an amazing weekend. Same man. I can't wait, dude. I'm sure we're gonna be texting the whole time. Um, nope. The <laughs> or or not. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I wasn't. Th- I was. You're right. You're right. My bad. I, we, I'm sure we won't. I wasn't thinking we would. Um, but uh, uh, what was oh what was I gonna say? The um, we're gonna have that word cloud. Yeah, we're gonna have the yeah, word we'll cloud that comparison. Out for, yeah. yeah, yeah. So cool. All right, brother. Great session. Right, Appreciate it as always. always. You have a good one. Love you all, the listeners. Well. Thanks for tuning in as always. That'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for checking in, everyone. If you liked what you heard today, I ask super quickly if you could just follow or subscribe to the podcast, give it a rating, give it a review, tell your friends about it. All of that stuff helps me quite a bit. Watching the growth has been super humbling and motivating to keep going, and I could not possibly appreciate all of you more. Sitting on my table, I'm watching. As everything's changing, my mind goes to a different time. Old love, I remember falling so madly There must have been magic in the valley And a rhythm in the night Cause I could almost see it Did you fade right out of you? If it takes time